part of this you just don't get, huh? Lord, let me know if you got us. Preaching about prophets. It ain't no one man can stop us. Bow down to a goddess. Bow down to a goddess. Bow down to a goddess. It ain't no one man can stop us. Bow down to the goddess. Goddess. Got it. Hello and welcome to the Strong Women Power Hour, your podcast and radio show to encourage, empower, and enlighten you on your path through womanhood. Welcome to the new listeners. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are so glad to have you here and welcome to our regular listeners and super fans. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for the rating. Thanks for the subscribing. Thanks for the sharing. Mad mega love to you all. Women and others all over the world are waking up, rising up, and we are changing the world together. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing to walk shoulder to shoulder with you uh, as we march forward. And I am your host, Kelly Hickey. I am Women's Empowerment Specialist and Director of Strong Women Co. What is Strong Women Co.? Well, we are a global and interactive women's empowerment company helping women be their strongest, happiest, and healthiest selves. We do one-on-one and group programs, workshops in person and online. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram for daily inspiration and motivation. And of course, you can join our free online tribe. Uh, links in the show notes. Uh, the tribe is one of the jewels that we have in the Strong Women Co. Uh, world universe um, and and it uh, feeds and nourishes uh, me uh, on the daily. <laughs> um, so, oh, uh, we have a couple things to talk about. I'm so excited. So, I, of course, I just got back from the trade mission uh, in Orlando uh, at the Go for the Greens conference. Uh, the Canadian government uh, helped us with a trade mission down there. And I have to say, uh, I told you guys I'd tell you about it. And it was so inspiring and encouraging uh, to be around that many women, to be around that many um, uh, business owners that are women, uh, to be around that many businesses and big companies that wanted to work with women. Um, Strong Women Co.'s workshops were very widely uh, accepted and, and um uh, as something that is just necessary. So I went down selling corporate workshops. I had sit down meetings with big companies from uh, Duke Energy, Tico Energy, um, Nike, UPS, uh, uh, some different um, health centers. And, you know, most of the most of my sell was, uh, you know, just helping. I help companies retain their women because I help teach the women in mostly male dominated fields, but everywhere um, how to deal with unconscious bias. And I give them the tools and techniques to deal with uh, the sexism that we inevitably face. Um, and so that we can talk about the elephant in the room. And I have to say that was widely uh, really kind of uh, celebrated and accepted and saying, whoa, that's really cool. So, you know, with big companies, things take a long time. Uh, to kind of move, but super excited at, uh, at, at being able to pitch the Strong Woman Co. Uh, workshops out there and uh, just excited at the thought of helping uh, more and more women be their strongest, happiest, and healthiest selves. Uh, in the workshop realm, I do have a latest workshop upcoming uh, for folks. It has been announced and I'm so excited about it. Uh, it's a women's intuition workshop, right? Who, who wouldn't want to do that one? Uh, and I'm doing it with a very talented and gifted Sheena Halfpenny. She's coming from uh, Nova Scotia. And um, for those in the St. John's area, you'll get a chance to take this powerful workshop uh, in St. John's, um, actually in uh, my living room uh, and, and uh, house. We have a, a special kind of space set up. And so those outside St. John's uh, will be having an online workshop too. Um, and uh, it's just one of those things that it, these this just fell into place. Uh, and it's a, the topic of intuition was very, it was coming up a lot. And I'll talk about it more in the rest of the show. But honestly, intuition is one of the things I think that's going to lead us out of uh, a lot of the political mess that we're in. This is a time of uh, mass misinformation. This is a time of, of confusion, of, of just a bombardment of information, bombardment of choices. Uh, we're just kind of bombarded. Um, and uh, as, the, as the news kind of comes in and, you know, I have to do like a sniff test and I've learned better and better over the years to connect to my intuition, to trust my intuition. And now I can sniff out, you know, the, something smells fishy or whatever. I'm, I'm so accurate with it. And it's in no small part to the work I've done on my own intuition. So we're going to help you um, also figure out how to connect and strengthen your intuition. Uh, so... 
Uh, where am I? Oh, yes. We'll start off by learning about the goddess Hecate. Uh, she's the triple goddess. She's the maiden mother crone goddess. So it's kind of like the whole life cycle of a, of a woman. Uh, Hecate is the goddess of intuition and inner wisdom. We'll learn how to connect to your woman power. She shows us the way in through stories and lessons. It's so beautiful. We'll learn how to create space for our, our intuition and our soft soul voice. And we'll learn how to see our whole selves for the powerful beings we are. Uh, in the St. John's workshop, you'll get an extra bonus of the Hakate uh, wheel necklace. Online piece will also have a limited available for these as well. Um, and uh, then Shino if, will lead us on an Akashic meditation to help us connect to our intuition and our true selves. I cannot wait for that. Um, and for the in-person workshop, uh, Sheena will be teaching us how to read tea leaves like the ancient women did. Can you imagine? I, I, I have no idea how to do this. I'm, I'm totally open and excited for this. So that's for the in-person workshop. And for the online workshop, Sheena will be teaching us because tea leaves, reading tea leaves is a little hard uh, otherwise. So, but, so she'll be, for the online one, it uh, will be teaching uh, Tarot 101 intro, which I also have very limited knowledge on and I'm very excited about that as well. So I wanted to kind of... Um, marry up a lot of kind of like women's ancient wisdom and just kind of like trusting yourself and your gut and and uh you know uh sheena's work uh just plays so well into that so i'm so excited to partner with her on that uh, on those workshops this is a workshop that i would i dream of participating in so uh link for the facebook event in st john's will be in the show notes and for the online workshops stay tuned to our social media uh and i'll put that out as soon as the details are available for that uh it's more important than ever to use our intuition to decipher uh decisions information and truth I'm sure you all feel that as well. So, uh, are we ready to take our breaths before we dive into the main topic of the show? Uh, how are we feeling today? You're ready to get grounded with three nice, solid breaths. Um, here we go. If you are uh, driving, don't close your eyes. But if you can, you can do so. Just close your eyes. Sit up straight. If you're lying down, you can do that as well. Shoulders away from your ears, relax your jaw, relax the space between your eyes. Just take a couple of easy breaths here first. Now we're going to breathe in nice and lightly through our nose. Hold it for a moment. And just let it out gently. <sighs> couple of easy breaths. How did that first breath feel? Now this second one, we're going to fill up our lungs even more. Breathing in through our nose, slow and steady. Hold. Feel your chest expand. And let it out with a sigh. A <sighs> couple of easy breaths here. Notice how this makes your body calm down. Notice how you feel after just these two breaths. You can do this anytime for yourself. Now for this last breath, we are going to fill up our lungs as much as we comfortably can and we're going to hold it a little bit longer and let it out with a big sigh. So collecting all of ourselves that have been strewn about throughout the day, throughout the week, making our whole selves come to this tight package that is our body and our energy field and just everything we are in this being that you are. Pull it all in. No more traces of you left anywhere. You are whole and concise. Now breathing in slow and steady through your nose. Fill up your lungs as much as you comfortably can. Hold. And then out with a big sigh. <sighs> Whew. I always get so much clarity uh, from just three breaths like that. All right, now that we are clear and we are ready and we are here and we are whole, Let's get to the topic of the show. I'm so excited to talk to you about. Uh, let's talk about 
she be little but she be fierce let's talk about Greta Thunberg uh, and all of the message that she brings um, and the change that is coming so let's do this Okay, uh, wow. I have been wanting to do a show on uh, Greta Thunberg, as she's often um, called in uh, anglicized uh, places, <laughs> um, I've, because I've been following her for a long time. Um, I've, you know, it's, it's, it sounds kind of funny. I've been following a 14-year-old. She was 14 at the time. But uh, I just found her super interesting and truthful and forthcoming. And, you know, just like a truth teller. And I, I always appreciate the truth tellers of the world. Um, I am a truth teller myself. And, you know, it's not easy to be a truth teller. I will tell you that. Um, it's gotten me in trouble. And I'm, I'm better at keeping some truths to myself to keep my own kind of safety and healthy boundaries. But uh, I do remember being a lot like Greta. And maybe that's why I kind of have been following her, too. And, and um, uh, it's, it's, I could really see myself in her. Uh, because I remember how passionate I was about the environment when I was younger uh, so but why I, I want to get into um, you know the whole kind of Greta Thunberg um, phenomenon and, uh, and I also want to talk about uh, just the backlash that she has faced um, and um, where I think it's coming from um, and just to kind of like put this all in perspective because I felt like a very when I was talking to the uh, production manager here, shout out Hans Roman, about uh, today's topic of the show, we were t discussing it, and I felt like as I was discussing the topics I wanted to talk to in the show about, I was just telling him, I could f hear in my voice that I was being defensive. And I was defending her. I was being defensive because I was defending her and I was protective of her. I'm protective of her because she is a young woman. And I'm protective of her uh, because, uh, you know, so many people have been throwing hate her way. And I'm protective of her because I sincerely and truly believe in her message. Um, so for all of those reasons, I could feel, hear the tone in my voice and even how I was doing it. I was like, whoa, I'm really being defensive of her. And I think, you know, that's kind of what happens when something you truly believe in um, and care about uh, does get attacked um, but you know I'm getting a little ahead of myself I just kind of wanted to give you a basis and a, and a, a structure but back to, uh, and maybe, maybe you were like this too, maybe when you were younger. So I'm, I'm 38 years old, or in a few days I'll be 38. Um, uh, I am a Libra, uh, and uh, birthday's in October. Um, and when I was, um, I'm guessing around seven or eight, I didn't, I meant to look it up, but I didn't look it up. I don't remember if anyone ever else watches, remember was watching that uh, a special on TV on Earth Day where Bette Midler was Mother Earth. And I remember so many things about exactly that, that special. And um, like it was like a TV special on Sunday night. I remember like getting a bath and like watching it and being like moved. Um, and I was probably eight or nine. And I remember learning about like, you know, all the garbage we were putting out, learning about what we were putting, the pollution we were putting into the air. I, I remember um, uh, just learning about the ozone. The ozone was really big back then. Um, side note, ozone was also is something that <laughs> we changed our laws um, and um, fixed <laughs> or, or the ozone is on the way to being fixed. It was just one of those ozone is a, is a microcosm to the macro of fossil fuels that, you know, once we have the political will, and the laws and, you know, the regulations to uh, stop the harmful, harmful chemicals and um, uh, different things that we're putting into our earth. Once we have those laws uh, on the books and they're reinforced, we can change things. And Mother Earth is self-healing is the other thing, as we keep forgetting. And and that, um, you know, something like the ozone where, you know, we, we had Freon. There was there was things that were killing the ozone in, in fridges and in hairspray. And we just we just outlawed them and um you know uh, the last i heard is is within five years or so the ozone is going to be uh, they're expecting it to be completely healed from all the damage that we did to it uh in the uh 60s 70s and 80s so it's just like whoa you know we, if we do change we do have the power to change we have the ability we just have to have the political will um, and the critical mass of people to do it so anyway in this earth day show it was bet midler as mother earth and i remember her like 
like dying practically, right? It's this theatrical thing. And I remember her saying, this is one of the things that really kind of hit me. She said, she had a jug of water and she said, if the a whole world's water was in this jug, there'd only be one drop that wasn't polluted. And I was just like, that really hit me. And I was like, oh my goodness. And I remember saying to my mother at the time, like, well, we got to do something. And I remember being told, it's not that simple. It's like, what do you mean it's not that simple? We're killing the earth. We're putting garbage in. We're polluting our waters. We're killing ourselves. We're killing our future. What do you mean it's not that simple? And I had been told that. That was probably one of the first times in my life I was told it was not that simple. And I, like, you know, perplexed, scratched my head, very confused, kid way. What do you mean it's not that simple? Why are you adults making this more complicated? This is our earth we're talking about. This is where we live. (laughs) This is our future. Um... And uh, I, I kind of just like built on that passion uh, for, for a while. Um, and remember things like Captain Planet? Do you remember that cartoon? Uh, were you around for that? Or the Smoggies, right? Like if I'd love, I'd love to see a, let's put this out to the universe. I would love to see with all the revamps going on, a revamp of Captain Planet, please. Remember they had like all of the earth is like earth, wind, fire, water, heart, right? <laughs> and there were all the rings. It was so cool. But I think we were kind of primed um, in the 80s because it started, we started to realize that the data had come back that we were having this effect. I mean, even if you didn't necessarily the believe the whole carbon emissions things just all of the garbage and the pollution and and uh everything else was going on with that that we it was enough um and so we were very kind of like in schools we talked about it you know uh and it felt like there was a momentum change and i don't know what happened it just kind of feels like it just petered out and i can probably look at the own microcosm of myself i've, I've i was this super passionate like i would go around turning off lights i would i would uh, you know i uh, was really into rec- recycling wasn't even really a thing but i was trying to get for it and composting and uh and then i was i was mocked and shamed and called uh granola uh, a whole lot, a whole lot. Um, I, actually, my father started the nickname, and then it just carried on in my school. Um, and then, you know, uh, like a lot of kids, when you're shamed into something and you're told that, you know, how how your being or your passion is wrong, um, you know, I, I, I slowly but surely got quieter and quieter on it. And, you know, environmentalism was still in my heart and still in my head. But, you know, you get learned of, that if you if you talk up too much about it or, or um, are too passionate about it, you get made fun of. Um, you know, and it wasn't until I was actually pregnant that my environmentalism came back with, you know, a vengeance. And I was like, whoa, like I felt like that kid again of we have to do something because because my child has to have a world to live in and um, listening to a lot of the folks uh, who are even like meteorologists or uh, scientists who are openly speaking out when they're asked about why they have chosen to openly speak out about this issue now um, they often talk about uh, because of their children or grandchildren and so it's something that you know it's very it makes sense even just evolutionary speaking that um, you know uh, it's it's a survival kind of technique to think about the future uh, once you actually have your DNA <laughs> that you want to continue on. Um, so I guess that's just the layout, like why I, I really loved Greta. Uh, I really do love her was I see her and everything she's saying, like I said some kind of version of it in my kind of, you know, you can only imagine me. I was exactly like this, but like smaller <laughs> and with less less vocab, <laughs> but not very much like less, I suppose. Um, but uh, so, I, so I do feel I identify with her. But beyond that, um, I do kind of also identify with a lot of the, the um, uh, hate that she's she's fielding. And so I knew I also had to do a, a show on Greta. I've been thinking about it for a long time. And then I just it just came to um, a point where I couldn't turn it down anymore. When I saw and felt that the backlash against her, um, it, I saw a lot of it uh, just kind of like online, but really from the Strong Woman Co. Facebook page. Um, so I can say uh, about six weeks ago, um, I posted something on Greta um, and uh, in her message, and I'd gotten this uh, account that I was pretty sure was a Russian troll um, because it didn't seem like a real account. And uh, they, the, the person was trying, it seems like they have algorithms to find her name um, and whoever posts or, or they'll be able to find. So if you share a, a pro-Greta, like a pro-environment post um it seems like they're able to hunt you down and then uh, go and comment that's what is my experience um from the facebook uh business page of strong woman co which by the way i do love having my finger on the pulse of that um as, as, as time consuming as that is is really cool to see like what's going on but um so there was this uh my opinion um and then this person had like you know no, 
no friends, n hardly any pictures, if it was a person, right? Uh, and they, they, this person tried to uh, link um, Greta with Jeffrey Epstein, the um, uh, serial um, uh, child molester and uh, rapist. And uh, I was like, what? And then so that was when my intuition kicked in. I was like, I don't think so. Bye. Like, I've been listening to this girl for like two years. Like, there's there's no way this, that she's a puppet of any kind, right? She's not, this is, this is, a, this is a young woman who you just can't get in her way. And, uh, and then I looked at the link and I read, and I just got a couple paragraphs in and I was like, oh my goodness, this is insane hearsay. This is like, this is, this is literal purposeful misinformation. So I just commented and said, you know, uh, there's nothing in this article that holds any kind of water or facts or truth. Um, you, you, you are a troll and I'm going to delete this. And then the troll says, well, why not? And this is what they do, right? This is, this is the mind warfare that we're in. And this is why our intuition is so important. Then the, um, uh, the Russian troll, uh, my guess it's a Russian troll, but I'm pretty, pretty certain, said, um, uh, why don't you just leave it up here so other people can get the information? Right. That's that's how they, they're so insidious. Right. They're just like, well, why not leave it so people can make their own decision? It's like because you are dirtying <laughs> this young woman and her mighty important message uh, because you don't want to face the reality that we have to get out of fossil fuels because your boss, uh, you know, has a vested interest in the uh, massive amounts of uh, oil uh, underground in Russia or, or whatever it is. So it was just like, whoa, I really got to see a snapshot um, of, of how the effectiveness of how some people in power are, uh, putting all kinds of resources and misinformation to just muddy up things to confuse people. So that was just one kind of instance. I was kind of like, whoa, that's, that's pretty, pretty crazy. And then, uh, maybe about a week ago, maybe seven or nine or 10 days, um, I put out a post, uh, it was super simple. I did not come up with it, but I, I just reposted it, um, through the Instagram and then, uh, uh, strong woman called Facebook account. And it was just comparing the f five different young women and, uh, what, what they've been capable of because, um, as Greta was speaking, there was all of this backlash. It was, it was, it was on insane to watch, uh, backlash saying, oh, she's just a child, you know, making fun of her, like literal adult and political world leaders bullying her, uh, bullying her for her Asperger's, bullying her because she was depressed, uh, and she was depressed, so you'll find out more in just a moment, and bullying her for, for her actions, bullying her. It, it, it was just it, so horrifying to watch. Uh, and saying that, you know, what, could, what, what are we doing listening to a child is, is kind of like the argument. And they're making this argument because they have no other argument <laughs> besides to discredit her and accuse her of things and um, uh, just to diminish her and her message. So I just put up this post. It was just about like five young women who had uh, done mighty things about Greta's age. And it was like, you know, Joan of Arc and Jane Austen wrote her first novel. Malala, you know, um, stood up to the Taliban. Um, I'm spacing on the um, other ones now, but it was just kind of an example of like young women can do mighty things, you know, uh, let's let's uh, remember that. And so that post went viral um, last time. I was just under 11,000 shares um, and several thousand likes and, and, and comments and all of that. And so uh, it was a, a couple of days last week, or almost last week, it was almost a full-time job to just monitor the um, comments on that single post as it went viral. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, of course, say, yes, great message, go Greta. But then there was a lot of other messages, um, some seeming like Russian trolls, and then some seeming like people who had drank the Kool-Aid of the Russian trolls and the, the Kool-Aid of the conservative media that was accusing her, and, and of, of, this, is, this is so frustrating to get into, accusing her of being a puppet a puppet for who, you know, like a puppet for what children, like who, who would be leading her and saying she was joined up with, you know, this union or this organization and, and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, whoa, guys, you're really grasping at straws here. But I was surprised to see how many people sunk their teeth into it. And of course, you know, it, it, it's, uh, I, this is just a reality. So when I was coming on, I see, I see all the comments come up on my phone through my, uh, Facebook business, um, uh, app. And, uh, whenever I saw a male name come up, I was just like, oh, and then I'd go and check and 95% of the time when a male name of the, or what I what perceived as the male name came up on, uh, the, uh, 
that said had a comment, 95% were like discrediting or like posting pictures where, you know, with, with uh, Greta with like uh, strings, like she was a marionette and, and just like, just nonsense, just like literal crazed nonsense and hatred. And then the comments about some women who, um, uh, commented, they weren't so vile, but they were all like, I find her annoying. <laughs> it's like, what? What? Well, oh, yeah, she's supposed to be disruptive. That's kind of her shtick. Um, uh, anyway, uh, it was just so, it was, she's disruptive of the status quo because we need the status quo to be disruptive. Um, and, you know, there's just, it was just so, it was such a big deal, and it took so many hours of my week last week. Uh, I just had to talk to you guys about it. I needed you to know what's going on. I need you to know how to decipher this message, and I seriously wanted you to hear from Greta's mouth specifically um, so that you wouldn't get uh, whipped up into the cray that um, has been around uh, this young woman. So um, I have a couple of clips, and this is why I wanted. I wanted Greta to speak for herself because I believe if you just hear her speak for herself, you will know how true uh, her words are and are, are a message in her heart and how she can explain how things um, are a little different for her um, because, yes, she's a young person, um, but also she does have, um, she is on the spectrum of autism, and um, she has, she's differently, it's, it's the beauty of uh, the cognitively diverse right it takes all kinds in this world everyone belongs and we need to hear from everybody and it may take someone who um, isn't so uh, indoctrinated into uh, societal cues and what you're supposed to do or not supposed to do to help us along the way but Greta is also, she's just an amazing example of how powerful we are, uh, how she's inspired a global, the global climate change of millions of people all over the world. And, uh, you know, uh, she just explains things in a really super, super helpful way. Um, and the reality is um, there's a huge connection between domination of uh, Mother Earth and domination of women. Uh, and we really need to change our ways. Like, I mean, there's no way around this. And it's no surprise that it's young people and specifically young women from all over the world. Greta is not the only young woman speaking up. Uh, she's the one getting the most uh, play for sure. There's t probably tons of reasons for that. One, that she's a, a white young woman um, and, uh, you know, coming from Sweden and and kind of ha grew the support of um, uh, the her Swedish um uh, students and then kind of just build from there um, and she's just really eloquent speaker she's a fantastic speaker uh, and she's just so matter-of-fact about things that you know sometimes when someone is is just it's so inspiring um, you know it's just like a snowball effect and but the reality is we need to accept that we have limits and I love that, that um, uh, Greta talks about her limits as Asperger's and but limits are okay and that our world has brainwashed us to to think that we shouldn't have limits um, but the world has limits there's only so much you know uh, non-renewable resources there's that we can take out of the ground there's only so much uh, uh, emissions we can put into the air before things uh, go catastrophic there's only so much uh, land we have uh, for uh, our, our landfills there's only so much pollution we can put into the waters uh, there, there's only so much um, um, things we can do to our world without a, a catastrophic uh, realities and we had to accept these limits and I think that's kind of what some people are rejecting Greta's um, message about is because they're like what do you want to go back to the dark ages I was like well no of course not but <laughs> we can't keep going along the way we are either and quite honestly, uh, folks who know me, listen to this podcast for a long time, you know that that's why I started Strong Women Co. Uh, was in, um, in no small part because we need to change. We need to go from the uh, domination paradigm towards the partnership paradigm, away from competition and towards collaboration. And we need to do that because we need to change. We need to change so that we accept the limits of uh, Mother Earth, so we accept the limits of, of ourselves. Why are we all burning out? And we need to change so that we have a world for our children. And I'm not saying that in an alarmist way. This is, they're still saying we only got about nine or 10 years uh, to cut things out before things, uh, for the temperature rises and is, is uh, irreversible and, and humans won't have any kind of say over anything does. And, and it, things are already happening faster with uh, global warming. 
I know that times turns about the climate change uh, and the, the superstorms and the droughts and the fires. There's already things that are happening faster than the scientists even thought they would. So, and one of the best ways that we can possibly uh, have for our future is for more women to be more confident, for more women to be able to speak their minds and uh, to be able to share their opinions because the, all the stats, all the facts show the more women you have on decision-making bodies that's from everything from uh you know shopping decisions and families to um city council to uh, uh decision-making on boards um to po politics um the more women you have on those decision-making bodies the more holistic those decisions and the most more environmentally friendly those decisions are and this is literally what we need to do we need women to be able to stand up speak up rise up so that we can change we need women like Greta Thunberg um, and and here we are and that's why we're here so um, you know thinking about the direct connection between domination and destruction of mother earth and the domination and destruction of women and women's bodies um, let, let's let's think about what we can do to to create room for the young women speaking out and think about what we can do to to lend to their voices and to give power to their voices and and to protect them and to to when someone says something you see something on your facebook of someone giving greta or some other kind of environmentalist you know hell uh, that you say hang on now oh what's so wrong about trying to save our world what's so wrong about creating a world for our our, our children you know and people are saying oh she's getting everybody creating anxiety that's unnecessary blah 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 no that's not true we should be in a state as many people have agreed that we are acting like our houses isn't on fire when it is so yeah it's scary and we should be scared because we aren't moving fast enough and this isn't something that should be paralyzing and debilitating we can use it as a motivator to move us forward so that we actually can have a world for the Greta's and Greta's children and our grandchildren because otherwise, if we just sit on our hands and be like, oh, what can you do? Jeez, this giant ship is just too hard to turn. You know, it's just it's so foolish. It's so short sighted. It's, it's against evolutionary and, and survival uh, uh, theory and practices. And we can and we must do better. Oh, OK, I feel good even just getting all that out, guys. Thanks for listening. I have been sitting on this <laughs> just like, of course, my friends and everyone have heard of this. But, you know, it's just really cool to kind of think about and hear. And I just really want you to hear from Greta's uh, own voice. So I've got a couple uh, of, of uh, clips that I want to hear. And I'll set it up here for you now. This is Greta. She's talking to Amy Goodman on Democracy Now. Um, and just imagine, this is just uh, a 15, 16-year-old girl. Um, I didn't want to do the, I've, I figured you've heard maybe the UN speech she did, which was extremely emotional and beautiful and poignant and perfect. Uh, I, I uh, really implore you to listen to that if you haven't. But because you already probably heard that, I wanted you to have some background on this young woman to hear about where she's come from so you can make your own decisions on um, all of the backlash that you're hearing against her. So uh, I'm going to let Greta talk here now. Amy's a wonderful interviewer, one of my favorites. Here is Amy Goodman of Democracy Now! and Greta Thunberg. Mr. Thunberg, it's great to have you back on Democracy Now! Thank you. So Greta, why don't we start at the beginning? Um, there's a great controversy, and it's how you pronounce your name. Can you say your full name for us? Greta Thunberg. And that's the Swedish version. And yeah. as you come to the United States, people are calling you by different um, names. Can you yeah. tell us how you sort of adapt? Sometimes it's Thunberg, sometimes it's Thunberg. I, I mean, but I think it's funny that everyone pronounces it differently. differently. So that is just, I don't mind anyone pronouncing it wrong. There's no wrong way to pronounce it. Everyone pronounces it in their own way. So say again how you were born, what your parents called you. Greta Thunberg. Well, Greta, it's wonderful to have you with us today. Let's start at the beginning, how you got involved with climate action, how you got involved being deeply concerned about the climate crisis. How old were you? I think when I, I think I was maybe seven, eight, nine years old when I, when I first heard about the, the problem. And then, of course, by time I read about it more and more and sort of understood how how important it was and how severe this crisis was and um, 
so it was around that age and maybe 10, 11, 12, I think I became really into the climate movement when I was 12, 13, and that's when I became like a climate activist. I went to demonstrations in my spare time and I tried to join organizations and movements and so on. And um, But then I just thought that everything was still happening too slow and that it wasn't going fast enough. So then I just decided that I'm going to do something on my own and uh, that might not work, but there's a chance it will, it can have an impact. And I thought, why not try? So then I started school striking for the climate. You went through a crisis in that period after you were eight years old. Can you talk about what you went through? Yeah, it was, after that, I sort of, caught up with reading about it and I understood and that made me very depressed of course and when when you are the only one who who really reacts about this crisis and everyone else seems to just okay it's very important but I I'm too busy with my life and I just thought that it was very strange that no one else was behaving in in a logical way and so I what would that logical way have been to do something to step out of your comfort zone and to realize that okay we cannot continue like we have done now we need to do something drastically and I and I'm going to do everything I can to to help to push in the right direction and, but no one seemed to do that. My parents were just like continuing like before. My classmates, everyone of my relatives, I mean, no one was, no one seemed to care about these issues except me. And that was a, a strange feeling. And so you descended into a depression? Yes, um, it was of course, uh, caused by many reasons, but that was, I think, the biggest reason to it because I just thought that everything is just so wrong and it, everything is so strange and everything is so sad and why isn't anyone doing anything about this? And so then I fell into a depression and um, it lasted for maybe a year or something and then I you stopped or, talking? Yeah, I stopped. I stopped talking to because I have selective mutism, or at least had. They said it sometimes grows away. Um, that I only spoke to some people, my teacher, for instance, my parents, um, some members of my family, and so on. Um, and I stopped eating almost entirely. I only. It was a big problem and I lost a lot of weight because I was just so depressed, nothing seemed to matter anymore. And, um, but then I started to, to, to come back, to, to become better, to feel better. And uh, a reason for that was because I saw that there are actually things you can do and I realized that I can do things I shouldn't be, sitting here doing nothing, wasting wasting my time when I can actually have an impact. And then I sort of started to, to become better and um, then I became a climate activist and that helped a lot. And I think the more involved I became, the more involved I got in the climate movement, the better I feel, the happier I feel because I feel like I'm doing something important, something meaningful. So talk about what happened, what you did about, what, just about a year ago now, you were 15 years old. Um, you went in front of the Swedish parliament every single day at the beginning? Yeah. First, or I mean every school day, not Saturday and Sunday, but every school day for three weeks uh, until the, the upcoming election. 
and then that was my plan to stop after the election. But then on, on the Friday, uh, September 7th, I, that's when Fridays for Future uh, started because then I thought, why not continue? Why stop now when we are actually having an impact? So then I and some other school strikers thought that we, we should go on and we should call it Fridays for Future and we should be on Fridays. And how did the Swedish MPs respond to you? Uh, this 15-year-old girl, teenager, on the steps of the Swedish parliament all day. In the beginning, they didn't notice me. They, everyone just went straight past and... Um, Were you holding a sign? Yes, a big sign made out of wood. That said? Yeah. It said and on it? Skolstrek for klimatet. And then some flyers I handed out, which I said, where it said, uh, we children don't usually do what you adults tell us to do, we do as you do. And since you don't give a damn about my future, then I won't either. So I'm school striking for the climate and so on. And on the back, I had spent a lot of time writing down facts I thought everyone should know. And I handed out these flyers and um, yeah, but in the beginning, no one noticed me. Everyone just went straight past. Even when people started to gather there, the politicians, the parliamentarians, they didn't see me. And, um, and, to, and then to some point it became ridiculous in a way because I saw them every every day first and then every Friday and then and they never said hi so after a while they started to say like hi good morning and I said good morning but they didn't really highlight it in in a way and then when it became famous when it became big then they started to of course take advantage of that and say like, we support Greta and the school strikers and so on. Because they will always post next to you if that gains them. And... Um, Do you remember what some of the facts were on the back of that poster you carried? Yes, it was that, of course it needs to be updated today, but it was like up to 200 species are going extinct every single day and then of course sources on that and, um, and like we are in the beginning of the sixth mass extinction um, and just facts that I thought people should know that should be common knowledge um, and also a bit about Swedish emissions about how a lot of our emissions weren't even included in where we, I mean, the official emissions and, uh, and just how much the average Swede emits CO2 per year and so on. 16-year-old Swedish climate activist Greta Thunberg, she launched a school strike for the climate last year, skipping school every Friday to stand in front of the Swedish parliament demanding action to prevent catastrophic climate change. She'll be protesting in front of the White House on Friday. When we come back, she talks about having Asperger's and what she calls her superpower. That was Amy Goodman of Democracy Now! with Greta. I've got another clip uh, coming up. I'm going to give the next piece of that interview because I think it is really uh, good to highlight and explain where Greta is coming from and also just to help us wrap our mind around, you know, the, the different things that she was saying, like, you know, nobody else is behaving in a logical way. She's so right, you know, and everyone who's doing things like they were before. Uh, and then, you know, talking about how she went depressed. And we see this all happening a lot with kids uh, and children and adolescents as, of course, they have a nihilistic way of looking at the world. 
what does their future look like? You know, it, it's if there is no actual future for them to live in. And, uh, you know, it's, it's she, she's very matter of fact about it. Uh, and in, in no small part, because, just because of who she is. But I also love how she's just so aware and wise. And then she talks about, you know, she did get depressed. And then she started to realize, you know, the more I got involved, the better I felt. And and this is this is why her story is one of inspiration that, um, it isn't just about um, what, you know, like, let's look at all the facts and be depressed. It's like, yeah, you, you be depressed. It's actually, it's like part of part of the uh, a process of metamorphosis, you know, of, of, okay, you see the realities, you can process those feelings for a while, and then you have to move past it. You have to um, realize that your own actions can have an effect in the world. And you can look at this young woman who was literally, she's a selective mute. She went into a depression where she didn't speak to anyone. We'll, we'll hear about it in just a second. Um, and, um, you know, it's just also pointing out how we can rebuild ourselves is pointing out that we can come back from being down. Um, and, you know, in the next clip that I'm going to uh, share with you guys, um, it's, she talks about her Asperger's and she talks about, you know, the cognitive dissonance. And when I was a kid, the cognitive dissonance, so cognitive dissonance would be like, you know, how uh, people who smoke cigarettes know that it's going to kill them, but it, they keep doing it because they uh, legitimize it in their heads. So that's a micro of the macro of, you know, we continue to do drive cars and do all these things because we know it's killing us but you know we figured it out in our heads in the way that we can still live with ourselves so uh, because of um, uh, Greta and who she is and her um, being on the spectrum of uh, having autism uh, she is able to uh, not have this kind of like double take um, and it kind of like makes her very confused when people do um, um, have this cognitive dissonance. But what I loved about uh, is Naomi Klein uh, explained, and if you know Naomi Klein, she is a main hero of mine, but Naomi Klein, uh, Greta is one of Naomi Klein's heroes um, in no small part because Naomi Klein also has a son who's on the spectrum and that um, she explains the lack of mirroring and how many uh, people and, and kids in particular who have uh, are on the spectrum of Asperger's or sorry on the spectrum of autism don't mirror the way that um, um, a lot of other people and kids do so that they do things in their own time and this is exactly what we need we need someone who thinks outside the box so I'm just going to give you this one more uh, short clip so you can really hear about, from Greta to get make your own decisions listen to her words hear her passion and hear her wisdom. So before you went global, um, we met you in Poland. Um, uh, before we came seeing your hashtag, seeing your um, Twitter feed, it said at the time you were 15, 15-year-old um, climate activist with Asperger's. That's the part we didn't talk about yet, the Asperger's. When were you diagnosed and how do you think that contributes to your concern and your singular focus on this issue? When I am really interested in something, I, I get super focused on that. And uh, I can spend hours upon hours not getting tired of, of reading about it and still be, still be interested to learn more about it. And um, that is very common for people on the autism spectra. And um, yeah, and and it just I think that was one of the reasons why why I was one of the few who really reacted to the climate crisis because I couldn't connect the dots why why people were just going on like before and still saying, yes, climate change is very important. I don't get that double moral in a way. Um, the difference from between what, between what you, what you know and what you say and what you, what you do, how you act. And for me, that's, it's called cognitive dissonance. And I don't really, I, in a way, I walk the walk. If I decide to do something, then I, I do it. And um, so, yeah. You've called being on the spectrum your superpower. Why? Um, because it helps me see things in a way that others might not see. And it, 
it just helps me be different, which I think is a superpower where in a society where everyone is the same, where everyone thinks the same, everyone looks the same, everyone does the same things. And so I think that is something to to really be proud of, that you are different. And in in such a crisis like this, we need we need to think outside the box. We need outside the box thinking. We cannot continue thinking like we are today within our current system. And we need to, and then we need people who, who think outside the box and who can see this from a different perspective from, and, and of course it's not always only a gift and a superpower that many people suffer from suffer from it because they cannot get the right adjustments they need and they are not living under the right circumstances which i didn't as well for for a long time but now i do and so talk about how you've decided to live your life. Yes, you do this climate strike at least once a week, and we'll talk about what you're doing here as well in the United States. But the personal decisions you've made that are also political decisions, for example, what you eat, what you wear, how you travel. Yes, I, uh, I think it was two or three, maybe four years ago, I stopped flying. And because that seemed like a big thing to do, because the the impact, the climate impact of aviation on a global scale, I mean, individually, it is such a big, it has such a big carbon footprint. And so I just decided I'm not going to fly anymore. And that, of course, was a lot of trouble for my family because they wanted us to go on vacation and and so on. So I was kind of a troublemaker. Um, but then I actually convinced them, uh, I guilted them into also doing it. First my mom and then my dad as well and my sister as well. And um, And then also I am vegan um, and I have shop stop it means that you don't buy new things consume new things unless you absolutely have to so and just these small things I can do in my everyday life um, apart from activism and highlighting the problem so in terms of being a vegan explain what that means that I don't use any products made from, I mean, any, I don't eat, for example, any animal product, any animal products. I don't use any animal products, um, both because of ethical and environmental and climate reasons. And in terms of clothes, you don't buy new clothes? No. <laughs> Either I buy secondhand um, or I receive clothes from someone else or I just keep my own clothes, maybe use my sister's clothes or my mother's or father's clothes and yeah, we... So when we saw you in Poland at the UN Climate Summit in Katowice, talk about how you got there. If you don't fly, talk about how you get around. I go by by bus, by train, um, electrical car, and sailboat now as well. And it takes a lot of time. And of course, I'm not saying that everyone should should stop flying and start sailing everywhere. But it was. I thought that I am one of the very few people in the world who can actually do this and who has this opportunity to do this trip. And uh, then I thought, why not? And it sure gained a lot of attention. 
So I want to go to the speech you gave uh, when we saw you in Poland, uh, in Katowice, at the UN Climate Summit. This is a clip of what you had to say uh, to the UN Secretary General and all those who were gathered for the UN Climate Summit, for the COP. Today we use 100 million barrels of oil every single day. There are no politics to change that. There are no rules to keep that oil in the ground. So we can no longer save the world by playing by the rules, because the rules have to be changed. So we have not come here to beg the world leaders to care for our future. They have ignored us in the past and they will ignore us again. We have come here to let them know that change is coming, whether they like it or not. The people will rise to the challenge. And since our leaders are behaving like children, we will have to take the responsibility they should have taken long ago. Thank you. That's Greta Thunberg speaking at the UN Climate Summit in Poland when she was 15 years old. As you watch this clip, Greta, you were smiling. Why? It, it's always fun to, to see. It, <laughs> because it's, I don't know, just the way I talked and the way I... It is a pretty radical thing. It is pretty radical things to say in front of the Secretary General of the UN. And um, I remember that that speech because before I I had prepared a speech, and my father read it through, and he was like, "You cannot say this. This is too radical. You will. This was." And you will embarrass yourself and you will embarrass everyone because you cannot say this. And then I just say, okay. And I, and I cut it out. What so, was it so that you were saying? This, we, we can no longer save the world by playing by the rules. And I mean, that's, or if it was the, why should I be studying for a future that soon may be no more and so on. It was something like that. And I cut it out so that he would see it and be calm because he was very stressed. And, um, and then, of course, I, I memorized that sen those sentences. And so I said them anyways during the speech. <laughs> uh, isn't that amazing how um, her father tells her, trying to keep her in the rules and say, you can't say that you can't play by the rules. You can't say that you're not going to school anymore because you can't have a future. And she's like, OK, Dad, just keep him calm. <laughs> And then she uh, she puts it in anyway. And I think that's just, you know, one example of kind of who she is. And, you know, she is learning to play the game with some of the adults, but then also breaking the rules uh, by speaking the truth to power. And there's so many things that she mentioned in there that we can all do. Um, you know, this whole not buying new clothes thing. I've been doing that for uh, about a year and a half now just because I heard about um, how and just thought about all of the resources it takes for all of this new clothes, which honestly, if you go to any mall, and I've been to malls everywhere, and it all seems like the same stuff, and, and uh, it's all the same stuff made in China. Um, and honestly, I get cooler stuff at the thrift stores at a fraction of the price. And um, it has been, it's been a, a lifestyle change for me. I only buy new things when I absolutely have to. When I can't find the specific thing I'm looking for uh, in any of the thrift stores here, that's when I uh, will go out and get it. Um, but I've hardly had to do that, to tell you the truth. Uh, and the other things like, you know, not flying or, or thinking about these things. Uh, but I do want to talk about, we never got into the, um, into this clip because uh, of course of time. But uh, for those of you who do know that she sailed across um, from Europe to uh, New York on a uh, emission-free sailboat. It's a racing sailboat it's, um, uh, with solar panels. And um, it, was, it, was, it was like, why aren't we all doing this? <laughs> it got up to 30 knots. But it was so cool to listen to her dad talk afterwards and talk about how, you know, she just made up her mind. She, she knew that everybody was hating on her and going to hate on her for whatever. So she just got to make up her own decision of what feels great for her. And so this opportunity, she, she looked at other kinds of uh, vessels. And of course, they still use v diesel and take a long time. So this opportunity came up with this sailing, uh, racing sailboat, and she took it. And um, she had an opportunity that the sailing people said, we need to get new sails. What would you like the sails to say? And she came up with this beautiful 
succinct uh, message, and it says, unite behind the science. And that was what the sale said, and that should be something that's so apolitical, and it's just science, and it's just a lesson that we all can learn from the amazing Greta, that we can stand up, we can make change, we can uh, make huge change. One little girl who started at 14 years old who had selective mutism and had just gone through uh, depression, um, she has now caused millions of people to be able to have frank conversations and take to the streets. She's given hope to children, hope to adults, hope to everybody, and let's let her be the example of what we can be. And now for our featured song of the podcast. Uh, I've really searched high and low for this one. I put a call out to the tribe, call out to on the uh, Strong Woman Co. Facebook page, looking for a song that kind of uh, sum all this up, as you know the featured songs do. Uh, P.S. Uh, thanks for staying till the end of this. Uh, what did you think of Greta's words? Uh, where did you find them as inspiring as I do? Do you find them as sobering as I do. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can message us on the Facebook page, Strong Woman Co., or message me at kelly at strongwomanco.com. Love to start a conversation. Um, but for the song today, uh, I was really searching high and low, and just nothing was seeming to kind of like fit. And then uh, this song came up, and I was like, well, of course, this is the only song it could be. It is Big Yellow Taxi by Canadian singer-songwriter Joni Mitchell. Now, this is a song that I'm sure everybody knows, but I just want to put this in perspective. So this song was written by Joni Mitchell in 1970. So 50 years ago, 50 years ago, we were talking about things, or at least some of us were talking about the things like Joni sings about in this song. About, you know, they paved over paradise, put in a parking lot, they charge people to see trees, uh, leave me the birds and the bees, you know, all of these things that are totally relevant, that are coming up now, we were talking about 50 years ago. And um, I just want us to have that perspective. I want us to realize that there have been Gretas in the past and, and Autumn Peltiers, and, and we'll talk about her uh, in another show, and other other young women um, who were like, you know, I'm going to speak truth to this. Like, we, we have to protect our, our ourselves and our earth and our nature. And, um, you know, uh, it's, it's, it was very sobering to look when I just looked up the, the date. I was like, 1970. Holy crap. That is a long, long time ago. Uh, so we knew we needed to change things 50 years ago. So we really really know we got to change them now and the beautiful thing is uh, we have social media and the internet and all kinds of uh, very empowering and um, uh, useful techniques and tools so that we can get the critical mass to get the political will uh, to change and change is hard listen everyone hates change it's it's uh, the people who, who love change um, I, I admire you <laughs> Because I often have things held on like with a death grip, but it doesn't have to be that way. And we can loosen that death grip of the way of life we have now so that we can have a future so that we, you know, maybe you won't be able to have the disposable clothing like we have now. Maybe there won't be plastic on everything at the grocery store. Have you tried to go plastic free? I have tried to go plastic free and have been completely disheartened from it because I can't buy food <laughs> if, that, if that's what I do. So, you know, there are ways that we can change and even even things like... um. Uh, our Prime Minister in Canada, Trudeau, saying he's getting rid of single-use plastics and banning them uh, by uh, 2021 or whatever it is. Like, that's that's huge and, and inspiring and something that we can do and something that I didn't even think was possible five years ago. So, as human beings, we are able to change and change quickly, particularly um, if we get our hearts and our minds connected and then are connected to each other. So, I'll let Jody take this away. Uh, just kind of, uh, she gels all of the words of, of a young woman of 15 50 years ago uh, with echoing the same words and thoughts of the young woman we just heard in Greta um, and uh, let, let's let's fight this fight together let's change the world uh, we'll feel better about it we'll feel it's anxiety is only from inaction so if we have an anxiety about this it's because we're not doing something about it when we do something and we do it together we will feel better we do feel better let's take that lesson from Greta let's take the lessons from all of the young people all over the world and their massive protests millions and millions of people young people getting and inspiring the older people uh, to get into the streets there's our change being occurred because of Greta and her message so it just shows us that one little person can do a whole heck of a lot 
All right, Joni, you take it away. And I'll talk to you guys really soon, in two weeks time, in the next podcast. a parking lot with a pink hotel a boutique and a swinging hot spot don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone it paid paradise put up a parking lot it took all the trees put them in a tree museum Charge the people a dollar and a half just to see them. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone? They pay paradise, put up a parking lot. Hey, farmer, farmer, put away the DDT now. Give me spots on my apples, or leave me the birds and the bees. That you don't know what you've got till it's gone. They pay paradise, put up a parking lot. Late last night, I heard the screen door slam. And a big yellow taxi took away my old man. Don't it always seem to go? That you don't know what you've got till it's gone. The pay paradise, put up a parking lot. I said, don't it always seem to go? That you don't know what you've got till it's gone. The pay paradise, put up a parking lot. The pay paradise, put up a parking lot. The pay paradise, put up a parking lot. <laughs>